Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. sitting with my best friend tony but unfortunately tony couldn't make it today so i asked a a a, a new great friend of tony of mine a hunter to come to join the conversation today um we uh, we've had hunter on the podcast a few times and he's just a uh a, a wealth of uh of information and knowledge and um so when we were uh, when we brought it, when we were going to bring in our guest today i just knew that uh, his input would be uh, would be amazing hunter man welcome well, thank you for uh, co-hosting with me Dude, what's up? I'm honored to be co-hosting with you today. I'm so freaking excited about the guests that we have, and I'm I'm just excited. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, Tony and I usually play coy at this point. I'm not going to play coy. Um, today, our guest is Michael Cole. Um, and and interesting, and I'm going to embarrass Michael a little bit. I hope he doesn't mind. But you know, <laughs> Michael is when when you meet Michael in person or you have offline conversations, Michael is ninety percent ears and 10% mouth. You know, when you see him online, you know, he, he's just, he's the voice of Michael Cole. He's the voice of, of Summit. He's a voice of all this stuff. But but I can assure you, we've had many conversations and, and many lunches and many meals with him. And he's 90% ears. He's way more interested in what you have to say than what he has to input. And, and I, I just, that guy, man, I just, I love him for that. Yeah. And I, I really feel like that is the true sign of a leader, right? Like, I feel like that's the reason why Michael's so freaking smart, right? Like, that's the reason why we look up to these people and why they have great things to share and say is because they sit back Mm -hmm. and they listen, right? And listening, listening, active listening is such a important skill because, because it can be really easy to just like fill up space with you wanting to be talking all the time, but then you don't get the chance to really absorb and to, uh, to take in everything that's going on around you. And I think it takes some real intellectual strength to do that. And it's just so inspiring that, uh, that, uh, that Michael can do that. It's definitely something I look up to for sure. I agree. And, and, you know, just to double down on that, you never get the sense that Michael is talking to you to, 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 to get his next question in, right? Like he's mm-hmm. listening or his next statement and you know so many times and i'm guilty of it and i try you know listen the add can get crazy at times but (laughs) i try not to be like oh i want to input i want to input i want to input instead just like kind of sit back and go like oh what's being said not like what's what's being input anyways that's all that listen today's conversation i think is an important one um michael uh Michael and I have uh, have chatted about it a few times and um, you know we're going to talk about you know where the industry is currently is there's 
all these different like um, price structures, whether it's hourly, whether it's by service, whether it's add-ons, whether it's whether it's retail, whether it's whatever. And and um, you know we're gonna um, kind of um, Michael's gonna take us down his journey and um, and you know just get his opinion on on what he thinks about these things. Yeah, I'm down for this conversation. I think that I've seen. I think it's great that we're kind of like reimagining and seeing all these new ideas about how package or how pricing is packaged and structured. But I think that, um, you know, there's responsible ways to go about it. There's not responsible ways to go about it. And I think for me personally, I think that pricing is so um, individual. It's something that is so um, there's not a one size fits all. And, and so I think it's great that there's all these like new ideas out there, but I think that, you know, the rules of money, are, are definitely a thing and you have to take in consideration, um, you know, doing it responsibly, not just because it's the cool new sexy thing or because this person says that you should do it this way. And so I'm really excited to hear about Michael's insight on this today. Hunter, should we get in? Let's do it. Mr. Michael Cole, welcome back to your day off, buddy. Thank you, my friend. It's good to see you. Uh, Hunter, thanks for joining. And I was uh, moved by your uh, your most auspicious <laughs> introduction. Um, and I was taking notes too, especially about the last couple minutes. Hunter, I, I love your your language. You know, reimagining the pricing package. It's happening as we speak. And I love the slogan: "Pricing is personal." So I'll tell you, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you credit for it for the first five times I use it. <laughs> and then, and then I'll forget who gave it to me, but I, really, you know what? It's, it's about the language. We're raising consciousness, but we can't drive the consciousness without having a language that I think hairdressers can understand and resonate with. And we're already into the language with uh, what your introduction was Hunter. So thank you very much. Yeah, I'm really hyped to hear about what y'all have been talking about because apparently you guys have, have had some conversations about this and I know that I have with my with my students and like in my own in my own circles and stuff but again, I've seen some things that I personally just feel like um you know, we're not taking like real so I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we we see some like lack of intention and like full like long-term strategy when we're coming up with these things. So, I don't know. Yes. I'm ready to talk. Yes. Okay. All right, Corey, I'm all I'm all yours. What's all right. on your mind? Well, I'm you know, again, certainly like, you know, we I think I think as an industry and I'm and I'm going to talk generally here, so you know, just let's give me that grace that it's just a general like observation. But, you know, from early on in my career, early on in your career, Michael, I, I think we've kind of moved past like the general under, uh, the the general like we're a hobby industry. Right. I think we've kind of moved past that. And now we're like the majority of our industry is our career based hairdressers. Right. And I know early on in my career, it was kind of 50 50, maybe in early on in your career, it was less or more than that. You know, and, and, and you know, frankly, Michael, you're, you're, you're responsible for a lot of that because I haven't met a hairdresser yet that's, a, that's of our age that didn't buy your clamshell about, you know, how to, how to treat your business as a business. Now, what's yeah. happened? I think we keep evolving. Now, you know, we keep kicking the ball down the street with this. And now we're evolving into something different or new, or I don't know how new it is but it's different. And, um, you know, I just kind of want to get into, 
money doesn't lie, right? Money is money is money doesn't lie. It, it, it's there or it's not there. So you know, with with everything that's being with everything that we're talking about, you know, um, either trendy or or, or whatever, you know, kind of give us give us some of that money truth and 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 how you feel about you know where where the industry is evolving. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing I I want to say is I you know what came up in me as I was listening is that forever it it's been the art of hair the art of hairdressing the art of hair color and we certainly don't want to uh compromise on the integrity of the art but as we're evolving we're finding that ooh there's whether you want to call it the money side the financial side the business side of the art and if we can have be as conscious of that reality because that reality is happening whether we're conscious of it or not, we might have uh, our own opinions about it, but to the degree that I can be as grounded and as rooted in that reality as I am the, the art, you know, the one plus one is not two, you know, from the, 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 the hairdressers that I've interviewed, as you have, one plus one is probably exponential to two, you know, like 10 or 20. So I, the longer I'm in the business, the, the, the more conscious I am of that side. And I preface everything I say when I coach hairdressers that I don't want to do anything that compromises on the integrity of your creativity and, and you know, your, your, your uh, canvas, your color, your, but I want to make sure at the end of the day, you, you are earning the money that you deserve because, you know, you, we work hard for our money. So that's the first thing I want to say, Corey. The second thing I want to say is I pivoted, as you know, a handful of years ago from teaching and call it leveraging my experience when it became apparent, no, I, there, there's way more people that have been in the business that are, you know, like today, Hunter is, you know, from the the the, the zennial uh, community, and I'm, you know, th three or four genres up the street from him. So they have an understanding, a new imaginative understanding of applying these timeless principles, and I really want to make sure that I. I understand that. So I, I now, every time I show up for a conversation like this to say, first of all, what I bring to the table is just a whole bunch of content that I've uh, recorded from hanging out with, I've now call them Jedis. You know, they're, they're hair Jedis, social media Jedis, financial Jedis, and I'm here to first and foremost report on what I'm finding as I learn from them. And then secondly, if you want, I would share what I'm learning from those conversations uh, because I've had the experience of being in the business for longer than I care to admit. And that keeps me clean. It keeps me out of trouble. Uh, I, I find that people are not as likely to take shots at what I say. Right. And and if they do, it's like you know what you're entitled to your 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 uh, you know your perspective, but uh, you know it is what it is. So having said that, um, you and I a few weeks ago we were chatting about uh, the, the, one of the hottest conversations going on right now is both of you know is pricing. Yeah. Um. And and I've been really way more interested in learning about it than I have been talking about it. So when, when, when the hunters of the world show up, 
whether we're we're on an Instagram live or it, it's somewhere else that there's a flat clubhouse or wherever that is, I'm all ears. I have absolutely nothing to share, but really I want to know, I want to, and it's and it's amazing what I'm learning. So the first thing that I want to give is a is a context of that forever we had a menu that worked, a pricing menu that worked. And one of the things that I see now, it was always there, but now that I see it, something else, is what the term, as I'm learning the language, is solid color, solid color, period. <laughs> and then you had some variations of simple highlights, and it was more of a, you know, you, you develop the skill set, you kind of sort of know the, the window of time, and you kind of price accordingly, and you throw it up on, on a menu if people need to see the price, and it worked. Right. But with the proliferation of, you know, and now the, the, there's a whole language around transformational color, you know, modern color service. Uh, and, and then on one end, you know, the vivid surreal rainbow and on the other end lived in Bali and everything in between. And you look at the, first of all, just the skill set. To render that, the more I watch anybody that'll let me watch them paint, I watch. Yeah. And I'm, and every time I show up, I go, oh my God, whatever it is I thought I knew about this process, I'm humbled that I was. It it it's a it it is really, it's an art to the tenth power, and the meticulousness and the and and what people are doing with foils and, and then and then on the other side of vivid to take natural hair color to the brink and and then to you know like drench it in you know the viola plexus of the world because you're you're shattering every chemical law that, that was <laughs> that we, we accepted forever and so right. i'm going my god and 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 then the work of art after you kind of look at it and it takes my breath away it's like i it, it, there isn't one that i would see that i would go Wow, that's one more time somebody set a new precedent. It, it's unprecedented. And on a daily basis, hairdressers now are pushing the limit. Now, I say all that because it 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 all of a sudden what used to be a you know a 30-minute, 45-minute slam dunk is now you know, there's a handful of hours. And what used to be one ounce of this and two ounces of that is no it's you know it's a couple ounces of this 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 and that and oh we might in the middle of surgery we we you know we might need some more be and so we're it, it, to uh hunter's point people are be out of need reimagining rethinking re recreating pricing for their first of all their skill set their art and their time and so i'm all ears in that and what I come back to all the time is, um, first of all, whatever works for you, because at the end of the day, you got you got to get behind it. There's going to be a natural consequence of doing what you're doing or not. But at the end of the day, regardless of your, what did the hunter say, the, the, the personalization of your pricing, make sure you're profitable so that you can you can you can see how much stuff it took to create this masterpiece and and uh how much time it took 
to create the masterpiece, what stuff and your skill set, and then how much did you get again? And can we subtract some of the things out of pocket money to you know what you got and were you and if you want to we can do some math and we go okay it looks like you not only made this much but made this much per hour either good for you you did good or gee can we apply a little bit of math because i think there's you deserve to earn more than what you're making so i i said a lot so i'm just going to stop give myself a chance to catch my breath, but that's what I bring to the table. And I bring some algorithms with me this morning. I, I bring some formulas that I've discovered that might be useful to people that find themselves in this uh, in this state of the union. It, 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 it's amazing. And where my head goes, um, certainly towards the latter of what you're saying, is that, you know, when when you're discounting yourself or you're discounting, and I don't mean discounting when you're not charging enough, let's, let's, let me get out of discounting because there's a negative connotation to that. But when you're not charging enough, you're also paying for that. Right. So, so you're paying for that beautiful, you know, mermaid vivid thing. If you're not paying enough for that, if you're not charging enough for that, you're paying for that. So for her to look beautiful to her friends for her Instagram, you're also paying for that. And, and and certainly this has been the big learn that I've had over the last year is like, whenever I've had, whenever that, whenever that inner talk starts in my head, Michael, and I'm like, you know, can I raise my prices? Should I raise my prices? You know, with, with with the with the eight percent increase this year or ten percent increase in product and inflation and stuff. Well, if I'm not increasing my prices, I'm paying for that appointment, right? I'm paying for that same appointment that that person came in six weeks ago, you know. And that and that and that's what's kind of like level me out. Like I don't want to pay for the appointments. I'm not in business to pay for their hair color. I'm in the business to make money from their hair. That sounds very transactional. I don't mean it to sound that transactional. No, it, but, but at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very on point. I, I would, I, I'm saying, if we look to see, and I'll give you the formula I use when I look, whether it's, it's not the formula, it's just a formula that helps me to see. But one of the conclusions that we draw is, it looks like you're undercharging, and and you're you're undercharging on both the front end as well as the mid and back end. So you you kind of go into the surgery, if you will, the creation with you know a batch of something and you begin to do your thing and then somewhere in that you you discover oh i need more paint i need more supply and then i go to get that and that went beyond whatever price quote and that 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 costs you money and not only does it is is that does it cost a lot but when i look at single uh, solid color formula versus modern color and all of the stuff you need to in in terms of treatment the cost it's it's a premium premium cost and so if you if you have no appreciation consciousness mindfulness of that you're going to be prone probably to undercharge and then the last thing i'll say is i'm seeing i've not ever seen this much consciousness about Use what you need. Uh, I beg your pardon. Mix what you need. Use what you need, but be very conscious that of what is left and what goes, you know, whatever you want to call that, down the drain, mm -hmm. and use something so that you can be more on bullseye with what you're using and that you could charge accordingly. And and 
when I look at and watch hairdressers that are doing this, they seem to not be as vulnerable of undercharging as uh, hairdressers that ha haven't had that uh, that awareness yet. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of my early, early, early mentors, uh, early in my career, um, I was, you know, throwing some color down the drain and he grabbed my arm and, you know, he, 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 he you know, kind of gave me the, uh, the scolding lecture about how um, everything that you throw down the drain, the only person that makes money are the color companies. And, and they make, and they continue to make color. They continue to make money on that because now you have to, now you have to restock the stuff that you just threw down the drain. They, let that sink in. You have to restock the stuff that you just threw down the drain, you know, and, and the only ones that make money are the color companies because the, the stylist and the owner at that point aren't making um, a, a dime from that. Um, but, you know, uh, and that, that was just a big lesson for me and I'm still guilty of it. I'm still throwing color away, but it, it was a big lesson to be like, oh, okay. Note it, note it, you know, and, and, and I think about that. Actually, I think about that every time I am throwing color down the drain. Well, now we have, and then I'm going to ask Hunter to weigh in on, I'd love to get his perspective. But now that we have actual technology that, that not only tells us what's going down the drain, but a metric that gives us a financial cost, and we see that extrapolated over time, and you go, whoa. Oh, yeah. And it was just something all of us took for granted because we didn't have data. You know, money gets our attention. And mm. when you can give me a, a financial metric, it's like, whoa, I had no idea. Now I understand why I need to be more conscious of that variable. Yeah, totally. Um, so for the way that I actually never did any sort of like salon scale or anything like that for my business behind the chair or when I was figuring out my pricing what I so what I have right now behind the chair for me and I don't think this is the this is necessarily like like I'm just like you like I don't and like I said earlier like pricing is so personal it's so different for every single person depending on your business model and what you're doing right for me what I have is all-inclusive session package pricing. So I have three options that you can choose from. Like literally there's three all-inclusive packages that you can choose from. And what I have done is I have allotted a certain amount of product to be used for each of those packages. And I just make sure that the price of each of those packages, no matter it is profitable for the amount of product that I have budgeted for, right? And so if I end up having to use more than the product that I have, you know, um, allotted for that package specifically, then I'll end up charging more if I have to. Um, but, you know, without, I mean, I think that going into salons or any type of me measuring technology for your color, um, I think is a really smart idea for sure. If you have no clue and you don't under, if you really have um, no data or, um, you don't you don't know how to figure out the data yourself. I think it's a fantastic way to start to really understand like how much color you're using on average per service that you're doing. And especially if it is like all over the place, you know, but for me, somebody who is a little bit more specialized, who's doing a lot more of the modern color and I'm doing a lot of this, uh, a lot of the same thing on a lot of different people. I have a pretty clear idea of on average, I'm using these amount of bowls of lightener or not even I'm using this amount of grams of lightener per 
each of these services, how much does this tub of lightener cost me? And then how much does each gram of this lightener cost me? And I'm going to make sure that for the profit margin that I'm aiming towards that this package, all inclusive package, that that price for that is taking that into consideration and that I'll be profitable on the back end. So that's just me personally with my business behind the chair. And that's what I see a lot with, you know, now we're in this, this day and age of a lot of like specialization, right? People are really niching down and really focusing on um, being the master in one or a couple services, right? Just a couple. And it's a lot more predictable for those people but for those people who maybe it's not as predictable for how much product they're going to be using because they're doing a plethora of so many different things, having some sort of technology to help you keep up with those things, I think, is a really smart idea. And it's so cool that we have that type of technology nowadays to figure that stuff out. Yeah, I'm, lo I'm loving. Thank you, Hunter. I was taking copious notes as you were chatting because um, the, the Jedis, if you will, that I listened to as I just listened to you have in essence their modem of operandi very much like yours they put a great deal of uh whether you want to call it thought analysis math in as you call it, you know three three all-inclusive packages all-inclusive so we're not and, and you know i hear language like um non-negotiable we're not going to be breaking packages open <laughs> it's like this is if you're not willing to take the ride uh if you're if you're not willing to pay the price to take the ride you're not ready to take the ride and i love that part of the conversation the other part of it is um to make sure that we're profitable so the the math piece is is a is an algorithm that i've been hanging out with for many many years and i wasn't sure if it might be appropriate to this shift and uh, i found much to my uh relief first and foremost and delight because it's simple um that uh if you if you used uh and i've asked this for many many people give me a cost times is it is it cost times 10 is it cost times 15 is it cost time and then when you kind of look at what that means is oh i get it you know 10 if i'm marking it up 10 times 10 percent of everything i take in is really allocated to my cost and i can now start looking at more of my margin my profit and then if it took me an hour two hours three hours i can even divide that into that or the whole ball of wax into that and i now have clarity around my price point so i use uh, and it's, when i say i use from listening 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 that range looks like depending on how established somebody is how much demand lives at somewhere between 10 to 15 times cost. Having said that, I can show you uh, many, many hairdressers. I would say they're more the exception than the rule that because they work with uh, more than one set of hands, they're able to do an application that would take 45 minutes, an hour, hour. They're able to do that app inside of 20 minutes. So that you know they 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 enjoy more margin, but those tend to be exceptions to the rule. But I I now give that as a rule of thumb. In the last several days, I've actually been uh, posting on this, and I'm saying, look, don't take my word for it. Go play with that algorithm, benchmark it against what you've been doing, 
take what's useful and, and use the rest. And uh, the comments that I'm getting for the most part is people either say, okay, you're, you're not dead center bullseye, but you're way enough on target to, to see that I've, I've got something that gives me a context. So you're so Michael, you're seeing that that if if you're doing like ten to fifteen times your color cost, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, and depending on how rigorous we want to get, we can go back to what uh, Hunter said: grams of everything uh -huh. in in your prepacks, and and to really you got to do some math to go. What is my price per gram on everything? And that would be a multiple of start at ten see where what that number is and compare that to what i've been charging how far am i am i over the curve am i under the curve what what do i need to think about the other is there's some of my colleagues that go no no but you forgot about foils you know i'm i'm, I'm using 150 foils on this and they've actually done the math on that and said i want to make sure that that's included so these are all relatively speaking new conversations at least they are for me and as i'm learning i'm going oh good point that's a, that's an important loose end uh if you if you're self-employed or you own the salon versus people that are not self-employed their commission it it it's a different conversation because it it doesn't it doesn't implicate them as much when you when you're in business for yourself you know to, to make a dollar i probably have to generate 10 but to 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 save a dollar i make a dollar <laughs> so all of a sudden costs are very real to anyone that's in business so you can't help but get their attention but i like many I, once upon a time forever ago i was a commission employee and the cost of the salon didn't implicate me as much and when i had an owner blowing my ear about keep an eye on this and that i I didn't take it to heart as much as when, ooh, I, I just lost some money. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it, it's it. I love what I love what Hunter was saying, because, you know, again, I come from the school of like, get as many clients in and do as many kind of services that you possibly can because they're walking in the door. You know, this is this is this has been my entire like career. But I love I love listening to Hunter and listening to others that are that are, are coming through the industry now. And they're like, no, I am a master at A and B and, and, and I can charge my worth for A and B as opposed to being the uh, the, the, the jack of all trades. And, and I I love that our industry is evolving that way. And I actually think, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong in this thought, but I actually think that it, it gives more opportunity to more hairstylists. You know, we're not all, we're not all like fighting for the same dime. We're saying there's enough dimes to go around, you know, just be the master of yours. Yeah. Hunter, you want to weigh in on that? I'd be curious to get your take. I mean, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many things with this. Um, because here's the thing. So I think when we talk about specializing and niching down and stuff like that, I think we need to consider the strategic side of, of why we're doing it, because you can break it down into different categories of your business, because um, specializing, quote unquote, niching down, quote unquote, um, having a uh, quote unquote target market, right? Those can all be just marketing strategies by themselves, right? 
they can just be effective ways of getting more people into your door because consumers will shop in that way. They will look for the person who is specifically a master in what they are specifically looking for. And so it, it creates more effectiveness in the way that you are marketing yourself and, and gets more influx of people that you enjoy and the services that you love. And so that brings me to the next point, right? because you can just look at it from the marketing standpoint and just be like, okay, this is how I can get a lot more of great clients into my door. And then you have to consider the operation side of things, right? So for me, I, at this point, now that I've marketed so well to my specific specialty, I've become known as the go-to person for low maintenance hair color. Now at this point, I don't have any room or space for anything outside of that specialty, you know, so I don't take any haircut only clients anymore. Um, I won't take anything that isn't, um, I won't take color corrections. I won't take vivid colors, right? I'm only taking low maintenance color because that is the majority of my demand. It's what I'm an expert in and it's what I've known for. And now operationally, I've had to make changes and decisions around what I'm doing there. And thus, because that's the majority of my, my business now, now my pricing and the way that my service menu is structured, the way that I do booking, it's all changed and it's all surrounded by the, this, this main niche, which is like a huge foundation and pinnacle of my business, you know? And so I think that because we have where we are moving into a day and age where there's more awareness around how effective it can be in your marketing and just for your joy and your own happiness to have something that you are specifically niched down into. I think now with, with all of the demand for these like super specialized, very extensive services that we have now, I think that we are just realizing, okay, this isn't the same good old partial foil that it was before with no toner. You know, there's so many more steps to these now. And if I want to be doing this mainly all of the time, then I need to make sure that I'm going to be profitable for it. And that's going to look different for every single type, different type of special service that you're doing. Um, so that's my, that's my take. And I can uh, keep going on and on, but. No, I, 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 I'd like to say, say something to what, Hunter said, um, first of all, it, it's right on the bullseye. And frankly, for myself, it's something that I am, I, I'm, I'm an obsessive compulsive learner. And because that model mm -hmm. that you just gave a, a wonderful articulation of what that is and how different that is from, well, we'll just call it the traditional model, the way it's been. I, I, I want to I want to understand, understand, understand. And as I am, all of a sudden now in communities that I've been uh, 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 members of for many moons, I can see now where, why things aren't working as well in parts of those communities. So in, in, in a, a community that I hang out in, I'll hear something like, wow, Gen Zs are blowing the charts. And it's like, okay, so what's that mean? Well, they're, they're getting to a hourly productivity rate at Mach 5, and they're, they're, they're able to get to it without the traditional metric. All of a sudden, uh, uh, rebooks become a secondary metric. Uh, 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 average ticket, uh, I mean, all kinds of things become all of a sudden you got to go, whoa, if you're not careful, that could stand in the way 
of someone. And then you've got people going, oh, and by the way, I, I really am specialized and I'm, I, I really believe my, my average ticket is a few hundred dollars, which is, oh, I just cracked a hundred. I'm able to uh, serve less people in less time. And you know what? I think I want to reimagine my work week to be 20 hours or 22 hours and make equal to or greater than somebody that's working more than that or even i i don't know that i that i need or want to concern myself with any a, a set of hands beyond my own i love the intimacy i figured out the math <laughs> i can i can earn as much and i would prefer to do that and there's no indictments, there's no judgments. And I'm looking at that and frankly, I'm fascinated. I'm going, yeah. I really, really want to understand this because what it's telling me is there's no longer one road leads to Rome. Exactly. There's multiple roads and you could even have debates about which road has the, work the most amount of work smarter, not harder in it. Absolutely. So uh, it's like th th this conversation has blown the sides off of the pricing box. And, and I just, I, I'm grateful that I can be in it and more on the front end of it uh, than trying to catch up to it. Right. Uh what I love that you said like old metrics that were like the like the super important numbers to be tracking may not be relevant for for specific uh stylists and the way that they're doing business and the majority of how they're they're uh what services they're rendering right it's so true i i mean i remember being in my you know my team-based salons as a commission employee and we all had the same review all had the same numbers and all had the same goals to be um uh working towards and i remember like my numbers were amazing but because my my pre-booking number wasn't like a hundred percent because i have clients who aren't coming to see me for three to four months right um be, because of that number right? Like I wouldn't be able to move to the next tier when it's like, in, but I'm like a hundred percent fully booked. So like, what's the, you know what I mean? So it, I oh. love that you brought that up because for team-based spaces, for how we are, how, how owners are possibly figuring out pricing for those different tiers and where that person is in their career, you know, um, I think we need to really take in consideration like the individual and what their, their business model actually looks like and what numbers actually matter for yeah. them and what the de what the determining factor is for what prices they're going to be charging yeah at no other time and i think summit's been around for 20 plus and and there was systems that were similar to that in the 90s and the 80s so this is not front page news it's been around for a while but i've never seen a dilemma where somebody would come in at a tier that's lower, substantially lower than whatever the systemic tier is, and yet their, whatever you want to call it, dollar per hour, their productivity was equal to or greater than, but they're not allowed the, both the pricing nor the status because of, I'm going to call it a set, set of secondary or tertiary metrics. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that more and more. And your genre, Z, kind of you, you're bringing not only a consciousness but a language 
so that people understand it and going, yeah, I, I, that's not going to work for me. So in, in essence, this conversation is pushing the envelope. It, it, it's causing a lot of us to stop and say, I want to get humble. I want to be a student again. And I for sure want to stay on the front end of this rather than on the back end where it looks like I'm losing relevancy. It's amazing as an industry where we are. You know, I just saw I just saw um, uh, Britt Siva posted something about um, how pre-booking is hurting your book, you know, and, and I didn't get into the conversation. But if you guys know a little bit more than me, I would love to I would love to to, to, to hear about it. But, you know, Michael, for so many years, the conversation of our industry was like, how do we get more butts in our chair? Right. Like that's been the conversation. It's always been the struggle to get more clients in our chair, more clients in our chair. And it kind of seems like now we've evolved that conversation. To now we're saying, like, we don't even need to pre book. We have so many butts in our chair. And, and what a, what a, what a, and it could be we have less butts in our chair, but, but they're spending more hours in the, you know, there's, there's a lot of variables there as maybe we need less clients or whatever. But, but it's just like a very interesting time in the industry. Um, and I think that Gordon, uh, Gordon Miller and I talked, talked about it is how, you know, our industry uh, through, through the pandemic, our industry has fast forwarded five years or has fast forwarded it, it, 10 years, you know, and, and, and it's, I just, I don't really have a comment about it, but just, just an observation of like, you know, for so many years, our industry has been about like, how do we get more people in our chair and what are, what are people shopping habits, yada, yada, yada. And we've kind of moved past that in a weird way. Um, certainly not everybody, but you know, we've, we're now having the next conversation about, you know, how to make more space for more clients or whatever by not pre-booking, which doesn't make much in my old head. It doesn't make much sense to me, but you know, I also hung my hat on that, on my 95% like pre-book rate. You know what I mean? So, you know, I have to do some learning as well. Yeah, Hunter, I'd love to hear your way in on that before I bring mine. Yeah, so uh, I actually removed pre-booking for myself behind the chair. But again, uh, it's going to depend on your business model and the and the people that you're serving and the majority of the services that you're doing, you know? Um, and it's such a personal thing. <laughs> there is not a one-size-fits-all, you know? There just isn't. I, there just isn't. Um, so for me, what, what happened with pre-booking for me was that I would have new clients who wanted to get in on my books who had to wait a crazy amount of time to get in with me because I was pre-booked to the nines. And these new clients were possibly clients who would be willing to pay me more money to be in my chair versus the clients who are pre-booked throughout my year. And yes, what's the normal the normal um, uh, solution to that problem? A price increase, right? That's what you do. Your demand is high, uh, your supply is low, so you raise the prices so you can balance out the the, uh, the supply and demand again. That's like the that's the rules of of just capitalism business. However. Sometimes that's just not enough. Sometimes you have so much freaking demand <laughs> banging down your door when you are so specialized that 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 not you need some sort of structural change as well, especially if it it, it is services such as um balayages, curly cuts. A lot of the time curly cuts are only coming maybe four times a year. Um anybody who's not coming to see you on like a every four to six week basis, right? Um 
sometimes people feel like they're pressured to figure out what's going on in three to four months from today. When we, when in reality, I don't know what's going on in three to four months from today. My client doesn't know if they are going to have to go pick up their kids from school that day. And then what ends up happening is I'm, I'm solidly booked. I have new clients who would like to get into my chair, but they won't get into my chair because they have to wait so long. And I have higher last minute cancellations because um, I'm so solidly booked out with people who had to make an appointment, who felt pressured to make an appointment with me three or four months ago, you know, and they had no idea what was going on. And God forbid I get COVID, which I just did. And I had to reschedule all my clients. God forbid I get COVID or I get sick or my client gets sick. And where am I going to be putting all of these people if I am booked out weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ahead, you know, I'm going to be coming in early, staying late on my days off, getting these people in. Right. And so I, I have a limited booking range now where I only book out eight weeks at a time and I don't pre-book and everybody books online on the first of the month for the next month. And, and I just rescheduling all these people that I just had to cancel on this past week. I couldn't even, I mean, it was still tough, but I couldn't even imagine if it was the same situation that I had prior to making all these structural changes that I made as well, too. You know, my tattoo artist does that. So every two months he opens up his book and 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 what what else he does is, you know, I think it's similar. It, you have to do a whole consultation thing. Right. So like even though he's done you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of tattoos on me. I still have to do a consultation for him. And it's like, you know, here's what I'm thinking, John, you know, can you get me in? And then he only books out for, I, I think it's eight weeks. I think he does eight weeks at a time. And then every four weeks he opens up his book for the following, for the, for the, for the following um, eight, eight weeks. But then he gets to do exactly what he wants. And, you know, he's, he's completely in control of the money that he makes or doesn't make over the, over that time as well. So um, yeah, Michael, what's your input? Uh, first of all, I thank you to both of you. You've been tutoring me. Um, uh, and some of what you were doing is affirming. Um, first thing I want to say is my confession is I'm still attempting to get my arms around how much this new phenomenon has changed the rules of thumb as it relates to you know rebooking, pre-booking. So I certainly know a heck of a lot more than I did this time a month ago, never mind six months ago, but on a daily basis, I'm hearing whether, uh, you know, uh, things that Hunter said and what you just said, Corey, I had a blinding flash of the obvious. I went, oh, so there, there's, a, there's a new rule of thumb as it relates to what we used to call rebooking Hunter said something about online booking, which was, while the technology has been there, it, I don't even know that it's, it's, it's hit the tipping point yet, where, you know, the early majority, I don't know that we're at the early majority yet. I, it looks like we're, we're still well into, I beg your pardon, yeah, early majority, we're well into early, early adopter. And so you still have a lot of rhetoric around that. But as I'm watching that, I have, I'm highly suspicious <laughs> that we need to rethink Rebook because we have a technology that more and more the consumers want and are making decisions to do business with us based on if we 
if we're applying to it. Now, I have colleagues and partners that beg to differ with me because, you know, the, it, it, and again, this is my opinion. If I hold on to tradition too strong, it's going to get in the way of me seeing something new. Mm. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times we get there's a sentiment attached to a traditional rule of thumb because we fought so damn hard to get it enculturated. You know, there was a lot of dead bodies somewhere in that process. <laughs> and now there's meaning, there's history, it's sentiment. And I'm going, that's great. But there's a new phenomenon here. And, uh, you know, Hunter just beautifully articulated it where there's a logic. It's too compelling to deny, rationalize, intellectualize. So I'm going, you know, I don't know what the rest of you guys are going to do, but I'm just going to stop and I'm going to study the living daylights out of it. And I will pivot accordingly. And if it's contrary to a traditional rule of thumb, well, we'll have to arm wrestle on that one, I guess, or, you know, agree to disagree. One last thing, and I'll just, I'll be quiet. Um, the, what I really try to listen for or kind of sort out is uh, negative judgments of anything. So I love it when we can describe, when we can explain it. But there, there, a lot of times when people are advocating a point, it, it, I get a sense that you, we're, we're, we're judging the opposite or what was, or we're making, it sounds like we're making it wrong. And I'm saying, is, how necessary is, is it to do that? I, I, I don't, in my own therapy, <laughs> I've, you know, the 11th commandment is, Michael, you don't need to make anyone wrong in order to make something right. You don't need to make yourself wrong before you can make something, correct something. And so maybe I'm just hypersensitive to it. But when I listen, I have to kind of sort out the judgment in it and, 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 and look for the golden nugget and to grab that. So th th thank you. That's what I have. You know, Michael, it, 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 back to your point about online booking, you know, the only metric that I actually have to see about online booking and, um, and because of our relationship are with Schedulicity. I could see the metric, but 82% uh, of people that booked online did it after hours, right? Like, like, like that's kind of the only metric I need, right? Because, you know, we, we, our arrogance says that people are going to be, are going to book when we need them to book, you know, between, you know, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. But the truth is, is that there's so much of their life that's going on at that time that until, especially like, like a mom, like a busy mom, a working mom, like so much of her life happens until she gets to lay down in bed and then she gets to think about herself. You know, I, I know, I know for a fact that my wife will spend $500 on my daughter and, and, and question whether to spend $10 on herself. Right. So at the end of the day is when she gets that $10 and, and, and if, if our book isn't available to her, it may be another week before she, she uh, remembers to book during, during, you know, everyone else's time, you know, and, and I just, when, when I heard that, I go, that's the reason I will always have online booking because I know that it happens at night. And I mean, that's, you know, and anecdotally, I know in the morning when I wake up, how many people booked overnight because I get the emails. Yeah. Say, oh, Michael Cole, you know, booked at 3 a.m. And I'm going, what the hell is Michael Cole doing up at 3 a.m.? However, it happened at 3 a.m. that, you know, you get the, yeah. you get the clients in the morning. Yeah. Um, this conversation went a lot of different ways, but I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, Me too. 
it, it's a cool conversation, man. I, I really, you know, I, I like the fact that we just had conversation about it, you know, and, and that it, it's, it, it's really, uh, it's an interesting conversation. And I like to see that, you know, three different, three different eras of hairdressers were able to kind of have the conversation and it, it, it's exactly that it is conversation. And, you know, nobody's uh, nobody wants to beat anybody. Well, I don't want to beat you guys up. I don't know how you feel, but you know, I don't want to beat you guys up. So that's really awesome. Yeah, and every every point that we brought up, we there's another silo we could go into. Like I got real curious as I was listening to Hunter, however he branded himself as a, a special a specialist in I'll call it lived in Bali. You you you're you're more than booked enough so that you can you not only can you but you need to consider other rules of thumb so that you don't get yourself trapped or, uh, or, or your business trapped. And, and, but I, my hunches, and these are just intuitions that a lot of the answer of how did you do that? Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm a Jedi at this, but I, I engaged in uh, a platform on social media and, you know, I, I'm, I'm as creative with that as I am with this. And that's partial in part why I've, I've got more than enough to demand so that I can reimagine my business in a new way that accommodates me and the people I serve. So, but these are hunches. I don't want to be um, uh, presumptuous. Am, am I, uh, am I close? Yeah, no, you're told. I mean, you're on point. I mean, everybody's going to any business, no matter if it's our, it's our industry or any other industry, every business as the CEO of your business, if you are doing something differently or just however you're operating and whatever specific type of service that you're giving to people or product, even you're going to have your own unique nuances, like no matter what, it could be your location, it could be the type of people that you serve, it could be how your product works, how your product is fulfilled, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and as you see, <clears throat> these problems, you know, recur, and as you see, um, uh, how, how you evaluate how you can make things even better for everybody, right? Um, you know, you, you just need to take in consideration that you maybe have a unique, unique, uh, situation. And there are plenty of ideas out there that you can take into consideration and take radical responsibility as the CEO of your business, decide what is right for you, take in all the facts and listen with 90% ears and 10% mouth, just like Michael and take notes there. And then, and then decide what is right for you at the end of the day, because there's so many different ways, so many different new ideas out there now. And um, they're not all the right fit for you. They're not. And, but some are going to be really fantastic and really great for you to consider. And so I don't think that any of us should be um, close-minded to certain ideas. And I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that we should just be doing everything just because it seems like that's what everybody's doing nowadays either. I think we need to take our own experiences and our own businesses into into consideration strongly. Thank you. All right, Corey, I know you have hard stops at, at an hour. You usually like to keep these inside an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're, but, we're good. I mean, I, I really appreciate the conversation from um, from you guys. And, you know, I'm going to uh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to title it because, uh, you know, we, 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 we went so many places, but, you know, it'll probably be, you know, a boomer, a Gen X, and a Gen Z walk onto a podcast. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. Well, and and to, to be continued. I I hope that we have an opportunity to to come back again and pick up where we left off. But maybe another uh, another hot element 
of the conversation that uh, supports um, pricing, but goes beyond because it, it, it the, the whole thing is being blown up. Yes. It certainly is. And it, it is, you know, like almost daily. Like I, I, I wish I had come in a little bit more prepared with, uh, with what Britt had posted about, you know, getting rid of the, uh, the, the pre books, you know, um, so, cause that's an interesting, you know, conversation, um, th that I like to have, but I'd want to be, uh, a lot more versed. Oh, then we, then we have the deskless front desk. We have oh, yes. oh, yeah. online read. So we got a whole bunch We're we're, we're tap dancing, a little bit here, but I'd really like to blow this thing up more and come back again when uh, when when we're all in the same place at the same time and pick up where we left off. A hundred percent. I was actually uh, to the frontless desk. We uh, I was walk I walked by a salon every day, and one day it had a desk, and the next day it didn't. And I'm going, <laughs> what in the world has happened there, man? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, um, once again, that conversation will probably end up back at uh, at online booking. But Mr. Michael Cole. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Hunty, thank you so much for sitting in with, uh, for Tony. Um, thank you. And, and, and bringing so much to the conversation. I mean, I think you, uh, you had a lot more to bring to the conversation than Tony and I combined. With. Um, I think that uh, yeah. we, we, we are wonderful. all enamored with you. Um, and uh, I'll make a slight pitch for you, Michael. You have to have Hunter on and talk to him, or you have to talk off air and talk to him about how he rebuilt his book. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you beat me to the, I'm glad you beat me to the punch because I was DMing him as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to get to, uh, connected with you, Michael. It's going to be great. This is a great time. Thank you both for having me on. All here. right. Awesome. You guys stay well. Have a great day. Uh, Michael, thank you guys very much for joining us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends, give us a rating and drop a review to listen to all the latest podcasts. Please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet and to stay connected on and off the show. You can follow us at hair Street on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Peace and love.